0: Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to Three Peas in a Pod, episode 189. We made it, and it just hit me as I was saying that number. Uh, We're inching closer and closer to two. We are. That's what happens. We believe it. We don't stop this insanity. Or someone else (laughs) doesn't stop us. Someone might stop us. Yes. We might need to be stopped. Some people are... But, you know, I figure if they're listening... If people are still listening, they don't want to see.
1: Well, we, what we don't know is that the same people are still listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll take even even of people over. People are listening. We'll turn this audience over. Yes, this yeah, we, we probably Just are. Keep on going, you know. Man, people keep sending us questions, too. So, you know, here we are. We're three pastors in a podcast answering your questions. We're glad you keep asking. And today, as I said last week, we have a, a, a parenting question, which... I wonder if, if I should have saved this for our parenting podcast. We do have a parenting should we podcast. Plug I'm the willing parenting to leave
1: right now and let that happen. No, no let's no. just let's We're just plug the parenting podcast. We're still going to
0: do this, but we have a parenting podcast. We do the Not
1: Great
2: Parents podcast. Mm-hmm. It's it, in
1: the same feed. You can't stop it from coming. Can't if you, miss if it. you have
2: subscribed, it's going to happen.
0: Subscribe and you get it on Thursdays. On Thursdays. That's, that's right. correct. That's right. Nathan and Molly take care of those mostly.
2: Mostly, we I show up i say you showed up. He's been on it He's before. Been on there Sawyer's before. been on it before. We when got.
0: Oh, Ed's been on once. I
2: I'm, I have been no. Ed. That's not true. That's You've not been true. on multiple. I forgot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would like to maintain more appearances than Ed. That would make me feel good. Actually.
2: I do think you have more appearances. <laughs> I don't than think Ed. that's going to be hard.
0: But I will say I haven't been asking a long time. I think I may have screwed it up. No, I think
1: you're okay. You know, so no. Jason's got a lot going on these days, folks. I do. That's true. So.
0: I'm I'm still a not great parent.
2: That's true. That's
0: true. I can well, be I on am it.
1: too, but all of my, I'm now a not great grandparent. <laughs>
0: That's true. <laughs> it's doubly not yeah, great. Exactly. That's
1: right. right. My wife, though, is doubly good at it. Mm. So, so you just
0: you just sort of
1: I'm milking not sure, off of her. I'm not sure it's balanced, but <laughs> I might be worse than she is good. Okay.
0: Well, you just sort of stay <laughs> stay away and let her handle it.
1: No, I'm there. <laughs>
0: poor grandkids. (laughs) I'm sorry, Nathan. It's all right. All right. Here is the parenting question. All right, I'm ready. My teenager gets irritated whenever I try to offer advice on her problems from a Christian perspective. Hmm. Even though she is a believer, she enjoys church, she responds with an enough with the God stuff, and (laughs) she just wants a tangible solution by the world standards. I don't want her to resent Christianity, but I also want her to know that Christ is the answer to her problems. Can you please
2: offer some advice? Well, I don't know what the situation was that you were giving advice about. I do, So I, w- I want to start by this and just saying, I do think there is a uh, g- good thing. You know, we say mm-hmm. good, not great on ours. Mm-hmm. A good thing that's in your uh, part that your kid at least is very aware that you mm. uh, are trying to address every problem from a Christian perspective. Yes. Now, I don't know what you're saying because this next thing I'm about to say may... Uh, make you feel like that. But I will say that part I think is really good. Recently, one of my kids, they were having a conversation. I wasn't there. My, my wife was telling me this story. Uh, three of my kids are, they're riding in the car and they're talking about their favorite holidays, you know, and Oh, Halloween, you get so much candy. Oh, this. And one of my kids said
1: Pentecost.
2: Yeah. (laughs) One of my kids said Christmas, but not because of the presents, because it's when Jesus was born. And the other two were like, because she was being so self-righteous about. You
1: know you about. have three
2: more. Mm-hmm. I only had three in the car, so.
1: Oh, okay. for this story. Right.
2: So, uh, the, other, the other two there in the back of the car are, are going, oh my goodness, you can't, you can't use Jesus like that. And they go, you sound like Daddy. All you do is talk about Jesus. And then you know, even if it doesn't have anything to do with Jesus, Daddy starts talking about Jesus, and then he cries that's what they say daddy cries and i said and i said i said well at least one good thing came out of it is they know jesus really matters to me so in that sense that's really good now the other part of this i will say is
1: you know the part of that story that i love is that uh talking about jesus and crying is an inherited trait he got from me yes (laughs) (laughs) that definitely didn't come from his mother
2: no so the other part i will say though is uh Allowing, um, wanting to fit kid, uh, help your children fix their eyes on Jesus does not mean, though, you do not have practical, tangible advice mm. for the world uh, for the way that they will operate in the world. For example, if they come to me and say, you know, Daddy, uh, you know, I, I want to buy some candy. I, I use this I, uh, last episode, I think, where I say you go to the movies every weekend or whatever with your money. Mm -hmm. Jesus does have principles for your money and how to live. Mm -hmm. But Jesus never said you can't buy candy with your money. If I go, well, how would Jesus spend your money? If that's my answer, every time they ask me when what they were actually asking me was, daddy, can you check the spreadsheet on the budget and tell me how much money I have left? Mm -hmm. If my answer is always, how would Jesus spend your money? I might be overkill when your teenager is trying to ask you, hey, how should I handle this friendship or something like that? And your only answer is trust God. Mm -hmm. Um, You you may actually be giving your kids a false impression of what trusting God means. (laughs) Trusting God does not mean I'm completely passive and I do nothing that is wise and practical. And I'm not saying that is what you're saying, but I'm saying I don't want to just give the advice Always say, trust God and rely on God. Mm-hmm. That does not m- mean just do nothing. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I would also say that, you know, if you're at a place, I think particularly, and I think the person said their kid's a
2: Christian.
0: Teenager. Christian. Christian. Yeah. Christian.
1: Mm-hmm. I And they have already said to you, don't always do it this way. You can still give the wisdom that you get from Jesus and just not credit him. He is not offended. Right, right. that's you, true. You, I do that often with people who are not Christian, me too. and they ask me, what should I do in a situation? I will tell them exactly what Jesus has said. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel the need to, to tell them that it was Jesus. Now, mm-hmm. if they come back and say, hey, man, I took your advice. That really works. I say, well, just to be honest, the reason that works is because Jesus is the one that said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at that point, I don't find that most of them are offended once at work. Mm-hmm. But if some person, even if they're your own family member, feels like you have an agenda other than genuinely trying to help them, which, and I'm not saying there's come to a point with your teenagers that have already made the point of, hey, I, I just want you to deal with this. You can just tell them what you've learned from Jesus without attaching Jesus to it, and then later they can figure that out, and they'll, I mean, they already know you're a Christian. You don't have to, you do not have to make it a package deal on every answer.
0: Yeah, for me, um, one thing that I, and maybe this is not what you were asking, but this is what my mind goes to. What is the goal of parenting a teenager in the end? And we've talked about this in different settings, and for me, it has always been um, I, I want above all else to maintain relationship with my teenager because I know going forward, that's that's pretty much all I have. Um, and I want to have influence in their life, so therefore I want a relationship. And I know, and you know this too, no matter who you are, you can't have a relationship with someone who is not sensitive to what it is that you need in the moment. They're always pushing an agenda, like you mm-hmm. said, and, if if I if I had a relationship with you, and every time we talked, I was bypassing what you needed or what you asked for or what what you really wanted in that moment, and I just went for what I cared about and my agenda, and you need to hear what I have to say in the way that I want to say it, well, you and I aren't going to have a relationship for very long because I'm I'm being inconsiderate. I'm not understanding it's the, a person reading the can, room.
1: Yeah, they're trying to sell you something. It's they're a person you something. come to say, I've got a headache, and they go... Let me tell you about these great herbs that I've been buying. Yeah. Athletic greens. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: and, so, and you keep doing that long enough, and the person would just be like, well, I already know what that person is going to say, yeah. so why would I even go to them? So practically speaking, my advice is lean into the relationship because that's where you have the influence to actually do what Ed just said and to share the truth that mm-hmm. Jesus would share in a way that that person can hear it. Um, so I'm not saying you abandon Jesus altogether and just say, well, it doesn't matter, but know the audience, know who you're dealing with. And I think that's, I think we we use this phrase from our last podcast. I think that's what love requires you to do when you're dealing with another person.
1: And particularly, I would say with teenagers, if what I, which is what every parent wants, Long-term, I want them to love Jesus because they love Jesus yeah. and they have found him to be a wise person, mm-hmm. not because I love Jesus mm-hmm. and I wouldn't leave them alone. And I'm not saying you wanted that. That's right. I'm just saying you want them to figure out the wisdom of Jesus on their uh, for themselves. You want them to come to that conclusion. So often, you know... It's often good to start those conversations with, with well, what were you thinking you were going to do? Yes, what, questions. What, what were you what were you considering to do in this situation? And then instead of just dumping out and telling them how they're doing is wrong, mm-hmm. you know, you begin to listen. And then you go, so how do you think that's going to work?
0: And, and that, that was the other thing I, I wonder about because I was reading over your question. And I wondered if, if the reason your child is pushing back is not so much the fact that you are bringing Jesus into everything. It's that... They may not be seeking your advice explicitly.
2: Is this unsolicited advice? Unsolicited
0: advice, advice. and maybe as Ed said, you go in with questions because if you go in with advice that they're not asking for, that may be more of what they're pushing back on than they are Jesus. Yes, (laughs) because they don't want. Because there does come a point in, in and I can tell you this, raising teenagers, there come a point where they're not always coming to you for mom, tell me what to do, dad, tell me exactly what to do they just need a place to, to, to sound off and to, and, to, and to work things out. And what they really need for you to do is engage, ask questions, help them figure it out, or at least give them, uh, give them thoughts that they haven't had yet that they can consider so that they can make their own decision. Because in the end, that's what you want once they leave your house, because you're not going to be there to give the Jesus advice or whatever mm-hmm. else advice. They're going to need to work this out on their own. And you want them to have the skills mentally and emotionally so that they have the tools they need to navigate, figure it out and come to a conclusion on their own.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, I think it's very important, um, as parents, but not just as parents, as I think people who want to have influence in others' lives. Um, you know, influence is a gift that you, uh, you really, you are receiving from someone. They are allowing you to be an influence and, you know, uh, when when, you're, when your kids are young, when you're, the, you know, you're the parent and your kids are young, you receive that influence from God. They don't, your kid doesn't really decide what, you know, my, my, my five-year-old doesn't decide whether I ha- have influence because I can physically pick them up and put them where I want them to be. But by the time they're a teenager, it, it really is now they get to decide yep. whether they they want to. And I, I said this at a um, recent uh, on-mission discipleship thing we were at, and I had someone come talk to me about it afterwards, was I said, you know, anytime you have decided, I say often as parents, a lot of your trying to protect them and fix things for, for them is not as much about them as it is about you, okay. that I'm scared. When you get hurt mm-hmm. and you make a bad decision, that actually hurts me. Mm-hmm. And so it, there is a love aspect to it, but there's a lot of self involved in it too, which is it, I don't want to be up late worrying about your bad decision, so I need you to fix this. And I said, um, the reason that we have to get this balance of, we were using the language a lot of, I'm responsible to people, but I'm not responsible for people. Mm-hmm. And I said, the reason we get that balance is not so we have good mental health and emotional health. It is an act of love for the other person. Because when I try to control your decisions, even if it's because I know what's right in this decision— for my child. I am trying to control the decision you make. I'm trying to control the consequences. I'm trying to do that. I am now impeding your ability to freely make your choice, which is something our heavenly father never does to us. And if it was love for me to try and, even if it's, I'm going to overwhelm you with evidence in my advice. I'm going to give you the best and I'm just going to keep battling this out until you, I break you down and you agree to do what I want you to do. If that was loving, your heavenly Father would have done that to you, and because he didn't, that is evidence to me it's not loving. I always look to if God would do that for me, that's love. If I know God would never do that to me, then that's probably not loving. And so I have to look at that and go, our our heavenly Father has made the choice. I get to have free will even when my free will is bad decisions. That's right. And I think as parents, that's the that's the hard part. In, in these situations well, is, can you love your kid enough, um, like you said, to listen? You know, all the things we've already said, listen and do all that. Well, Even if the reason you're bringing Jesus up so much is because you're afraid, well, maybe they won't keep loving Jesus if I don't keep saying it, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think with every decision, with any, with any, particularly with your kids, you're always weighing risk. So the decision they're making, if it goes totally south, what's the worst thing that can happen? And if it's a low cost thing, I mean, cause everything, parents tend to think every decision <laughs> has
0: lifelong consequences right. forever. Yeah.
1: Like there actually is a permanent record at school, which yeah. turns out there's not that yeah. anybody cares about. No,
0: mine's not still around. No, I,
1: there <laughs> is that a, I, don't, I found out really quickly. There is there, a record, but you can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and nobody really wrote anything down that anybody cared about other than grades. And it just, if there's a low risk, you want to talk them through how to make the decision. But fail, making a bad decision and enduring the consequences is often the way to wisdom.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: If you can help them see, i you know, not so you get to come back and say, I told you, I told you, I told you. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's just that you can see they got, oh, that was a really bad decision. Yeah if the risk isn't high that's right the risk
0: yeah
1: but you know when the risk is really high you you have to have a little more in there Mm -hmm. and so again with we were talking to a teenager here i don't want anybody to listen to everything that we've said here and go you know well i should just advise my kid well not if they're six
2: (laughs) no that's right (laughs) it's a different
1: it's it's a different thing but parents get that goofed up it's been Mm -hmm. my experience now I'm watching myself and people by generation and other generations afterwards that people really w- go way too far with little kids trying to logically reason with them about everything and giving them lots of choices. And with teenagers, they want to clamp everything way down and give them no choices, yep. and you've got it just backwards.
0: Yeah, I, I see that a lot too because we we try so hard in the, in the end of, you that know, we want them to... To be free and to have all this possibility, mm-hmm. and and then as they get older, we're like, oh wait a minute, nope, not so much because the re- the risk is bigger. <laughs> yeah, and no, then no, we no. clamp down, and then we and then that backfires because, like I'm, I mentioned earlier in this podcast, your your goal in by the end of your parenting journey is to have a relationship with a person with whom you might have some influence. Right. Really, just a person that you can love for the rest of that's their life. Right. That really is. That's now, it. the influence is what you want. But if they don't want it, you don't have it. That's right. And you can't force that. No, no matter how hard you try, in fact, the harder you try, the worse it will get. That's, that's right. right. Then you've got to just, you know, and and that's what, you know, I'm finding out and other older parents I know have told me, they have found out is, you know, I have to I have to learn that whole rhythm of letting go of Allowing that that child of mine to go off and make their own decisions. So it's like you said, we get that backwards. Sometimes. Yeah,
1: it, and I just say it is really hard. We can't, you can't make anybody receive, be open to your influence. Mm-mm. But it is really hard to not be open to the influence of somebody who is genuinely for you. That's right. Yeah. When you when you demonstrate to anybody in the world that you genuinely are after their best, not your own, Mm -hmm. you have more influence than you can imagine because very few of us have so many of those people that generally just care about me for me Mm -hmm. that I want to cut anybody off. That is exceptionally attractive to everyone. When you totally are for a person, accept them, love them, and do your best for them, Mm Regardless of what it costs you, even if it costs you feeling rejected by them at times, mm-hmm. that's incredibly attractive. I had a
0: incident just this couple of weeks ago that, you know, I don't I don't get a lot right as a parent, um, but I felt like this one was one that came back and went, oh, maybe I did okay, because <laughs> you get those moments. You know, um, my daughter who's off at college, I won't go into the details having a hard time just Mm. just struggling having a hard time as all college students go through Mm -hmm. and um my phone rings and or she she shoots me a text said dad I, i need to talk are you available to talk and i said absolutely and she calls me and after the phone call was over and we you know talked about everything my wife was like i bet that felt really good and i said yeah but I could never have manufactured that no. if nah. I wanted to. No. That was something that I had to, like you said, um, I have hopefully established with her that I am for you no matter what's going on in your mm-hmm. life. And so when when trouble comes, if you need me, I'm right here. Yep. And she reached back and I was able to, and I didn't I didn't tell her what to do. I gave her some influence. I just really just helped her talk through some stuff. Sorry. Um, and I, I walked away from that going, okay, that's good. Now, the temptation is, I want that all the time. I want to have that. Uh, uh, yeah. And, I and just if get I it.
1: hear them talking to anybody right. else, why didn't you talk to me? That's right. And get well, all say, upset about, about that. That's about me. That's about that's me. That's about me, yeah. which is they can feel it. That's and then they right. go, well, that's why I didn't talk right. to you because everything's about you. That's right. So now <laughs> I now I got
0: to retreat back to my place, go, go to where I'm supposed <laughs> that's to be, right. and then wait until she needs me again. And, and hopefully, she'll come. If not, great. That's fine, too. I got to be okay either way. That's right. You know?
2: Well, and I think when that's the difficulty is that's what Jesus, when you talk about the Jesus, that's what Jesus is trying to grow me into is a person who is truly humble where nothing really is about me. And I get these little blessings, these little moments that are gifts that remind me, oh, I do have influence. You know, we talk about that even in pastoring. Um, it can become very easy to start to live for those moments after a sermon mm-hmm. or when someone comes to your office or comes back, sends you a note and says, oh, because it's very easy to try to live for those moments. But, you know, there are times that those moments are few and far between and you're just kind of doing the other part. Which, what Jesus is trying to create is people who are genuinely for others that I can live in a selfless, self-sacrificial way where I give even if it's not coming back. Because I would even say that about when you're trying to, have with with younger kids you're not impeding a younger kids free will to put boundaries around them that's the role you have in their life and what you find if you've ever been given uh get, ever had in your life a very stubborn mm-hmm. obstinate child what you learn is uh even when you put boundaries in place Uh, you have no control over what they do. They can decide to run into that boundary every day over and over again. The boundary does not control them. There there are times where you feel like, I just gotta come in, I'm gonna make you make the right decision because I'm tired of giving you this consequence over and over again, or I'm tired of doing this over and over again. But even that, the choice of self-sacrificial love is I will allow you to make the bad decision, but I, as a loving parent, want you to have the wisdom of every action has a consequence. And if I ever let that up, that's a problem. Then on the other side, it's now when they're an adult and I I don't really get to control the consequences anymore. I can't call, you know, if you act badly at your job, your boss is going to control the that's consequence right. or any of these things. Yeah. my my job is just to be loving but it's it to me those aren't different responses they are still it's where was my role in the situation right. when you're young i've often heard a family psychologist say the the role of a parent is to be a substitute frontal lobe for your kid oh yeah that the frontal lobe is the one that helps oh, yeah. you do that executive function of yep. planning for the future, strategizing. Well, you haven't developed that until I know it begins in like the late teenage years, but doesn't really fully develop until mid twenties, like, right? Mostly. And so your your younger years is, and you can As see you this. use drugs it takes longer. Right? <laughs>
1: that's
2: not that's correct. Not, no, it, not, it that is true. That's true. It's not that's true. that's yeah. true. And your job, that my real role. With those young kids, is they can't see what I can see. I know if you walk up and touch that stove, what's gonna happen? And I was explaining this to one of my kids. They said, Why would a parent ever pop the hand of a child? Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, t- tell me this. I said, Is it loving for me to let you go up to a fireplace where there's a fire and just stick your hand in that fire? I said, Isn't it a little more loving sometimes to go, you feel that little bit of pain? And I said, is that little bit of pain better than sticking my whole hand in the fire? And they said, well, yeah, it is. I said, and, and they said, well, why couldn't you just pull them back? I said, well, what happens when I pull them back but one time I'm not there to pull them back? Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, well, they'll keep going. I said, there are these times where you have to decide. My job is I can see something you can't see. The problem is I also think that's true for my 18-year-old, which it may be true. It is true. often. Yeah, it, it may be true, but like you said, I don't always get to make those decisions for them.
1: The boundary and- is the same. Mm-hmm. The boundary when they're little is me providing a boundary they can't cross. Really, as they get older, the boundary is there's a boundary I can't cross.
2: That's a really good way to say it. That's I a, like that. That's a boundary
1: yeah. that I have to realize. This is a human being that I can't cross into their that's their mm-hmm. territory. Mm-hmm. They have they've created a situation where their consequences. I can't I can't it, me protecting them from it. Is creating a problem for them. And before, if I didn't draw the boundary, I was not protecting them from things I should have protected them
2: from. Right. Mm.
0: So I hope that helps. Um, I think we've about run out of time. But uh, so we're going to call it. for today done but uh, if you have more questions as always uh, there's a form the link to a form in the description uh, in the show notes so go there and uh, send us more questions and uh, next week I don't know what we've got but it'll be the next question up. whoever sends the next question you're next you're next on the podcast so uh, send it on and uh, we'll see you next week bye